Mafia, Bill's Mafia, do I have a show for you? Welcome into the Overreaction Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator, and I am your host, the voice of the Overreaction Podcast. My name is Joe Miller, and you can find me at Joe Miller Wired all over Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, Overreaction Podcast. You can find me on Facebook. I forget the name. <laughs> I think it's facebook.com forward slash Overreaction Podcast as well. But you can find me all over the place, um, and you can find the Overreaction Sports handle at over at Overreaction SP1. Thank you guys so much for joining me once again. This is the Overreaction Podcast, bought, brought to you by the Market Dominator. Who is the Market Dominator? You ask. Well, the Market Dominator is my very good friend John Spazcheck. John is a real estate broker here in the Buffalo, New York, uh, Western New York area, and. You know, at the risk of insulting and upsetting a lot of people uh, that listen to this show and potentially follow me on face, Facebook and Twitter and are maybe even friends of mine, uh, John is without a doubt, hands down, the best real estate broker in Western New York. And oh, by the way, he can also take care of you if you are out of state, out of New York State. John is an expert. John is about education. John consistently ranks top 100 realtors of, of in all of Western New York. Uh, and he is basically his specialty is educating you, either the home seller or the home buyer, to basically make sure that what you're trying to accomplish meets every single goal that you have. Uh, if you get an opportunity, if you're getting ready to sell, if you're getting ready to buy, please do me a favor. Call John Spazcheck, 716 570 3298. 716-570-3298. You can also email him at youreletebroker.com. Please let him know that you are a fan and a friend of the show and you got his contact information from the Overreaction Podcast. But man, I am so glad that you guys are joining us today. Um, we have a huge king-size show for you. I have literally two guests today for you guys. Two guests. It's like there was a time, <laughs> there was a time on this show, literally, where I was like, I don't think I ever want to do guests because I wasn't sure, A, how to do it. Uh, I didn't know how to facilitate it logistically. Um, I don't really have the technological setup to take guests. Um, if you knew how I was doing it, you would laugh at me. Um, I didn't know if I could interview people. Um, so like Clayton Garrett came on the show and he was like willing to be kind of like, uh, you know, my experimental lab rat, if you will. And he was all about it, which was great. And shout out to Clayton Garrett. Um, I love you, bro. I love the work you guys do over there at Coldfront. Um, and if you if 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 you have not listened to that podcast, go all the way back. It's a lot of fun. And some stuff that we talked about kind of came to fruition, which was really cool. But I've had several guests on the show since then. Um, and what's very cool, even cooler than that, is I've like I said, I've got two guests today. Two guests, and one of those guests, uh, Jay Spence the King, is going to be bringing us together with me a very special announcement that I think a lot of you have been waiting for. Uh, we've been trying to pump up and kind of like prime the pump, if you will, as far as kind of getting you guys excited about what in the world is going on over there at Buffalo Fanatics. Like, why are they trying to get us so excited? Well, we've got some news and we've got some information, but you're going to have to wait for it. You're going to have to wait. But I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to lose. I want to keep this thing in some sort of a respectable amount of show length. I don't want to be on this thing with you guys for an hour and a half because, frankly, I'm long-winded. I got a lot to talk about. I got a lot of opinions, some right, mostly wrong, but you know me, and you know I like to overreact to stuff, so I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to bring that. I'm going to bring my first guest in right now. 
everybody. I just want to take a moment to welcome uh, a special guest into the show, into the Overreaction podcast. And he is probably one of my favorite follows as it pertains to just Bill's Mafia and content providers um, outside of just the, the normal media guys that we talk about. Um, I remember, and we'll talk about it in a second. I remember like literally one of my first interactions with him, and I'm going to bring it up with him in a second. He doesn't know we're going to talk about it. Uh, but he is uh, the co-host of the Cover One uh, podcast. He is one of the first places I go to when I'm looking for Bill's just information and that in-depth stuff of what happened, what's going on, and why. And I just want to take a quick moment to welcome in Greg Thompson of the Cover One podcast into the show. Greg, how you doing? Hey, Joe. What's going on, man? I appreciate it. Looking forward to tonight. It's great to have you on. So do me a favor for... I'm not obviously not everybody knows everybody. So take just a moment and tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about you. Uh, tell us about your show, how you became a Bills fan, all that good stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so I, I am the host of the Cover One Buffalo podcast and over there at CoverOne.net. Come and check us out. Having a lot of fun over there. But uh, I'm, I'm like most people. It's, it's kind of hard to end up a Bills fan any other way than being born into it. Most of the time you're either <laughs> born in Buffalo or you're born to parents who are from Buffalo. And those are pretty right. much the only paths I know of. There's not a whole lot of bandwagon people out there uh, from other means but it's great I, you know I, I always i hear some interesting stories of people who are into it but um i've been a lifelong fan it was really the the core that brought my family together is the the thing that you know it, outside of all the other nonsense that happens in life you know bills games on sunday big thing of rigatoni and meatballs and my grandma's and everybody there <laughs> watching the game and eating together and it's it's honestly my favorite memories growing up that's like my my what i really cling to it's what i remember my grandfather from it's the thing that you know i i find the closest tie to most of my family so it means a lot to me in that sense of it and then i've obviously you know I, played like everybody did in high school and played in college right. and, and kind of got into it that way but never anything beyond just the the love of it and then dove into you know the scouting academy and all the other things and I do a lot of financial right. analysis in real life so I dive into the salary cap stuff and it's turned into uh, a pretty fun hobby and uh, people seem to dig what we're doing over there so we have some fun with it yeah i dig it too and it's funny because i can relate so and not necessarily to date myself it's not a secret that i'm older i'm 47 uh but to the family piece that you just spoke of i i explicitly remember uh watching bill's games with my grandparents and my family everybody like you said you know dinner and all that stuff um, we're talking white helmets, Joe Cribbs days, nice. and like Joe Cribbs, yeah, they'd give him the ball, and he'd like run up the middle, or he'd you know run off tackle for you know eight yards or twelve yards. And my grandma'd be like, "Why don't they run that play every time?" <laughs> and my grandpa, my grandpa, who was a football coach, used to get so angry at her. <laughs> That's perfect. So that fam, yeah, that family dynamic. We were an Irish Italian family uh, in uh, the Southern Tier, Cattaraugus County. Um, and with that, you know, I always make jokes with people that half the time we were with at war with ourselves. And that's true. Like uh, th Thanksgiving turkey and lasagna at Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, you know, it wasn't all too infrequent to find beer bottles being thrown across the kitchen at people like it was pretty it just nuts. means you're doing and it right. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was pretty nuts. Big family, big yeah, Irish Italian family, which is funny. No, that's cool. And I would say the same thing that you said, like there's a lot of people that are really enjoying what you guys are doing and it's really good and I appreciate it. And it's funny because I don't know if you remember, you probably don't, um, one of our first interactions and it, it was, I, how did the, how did the Bills start out this season? They started out 2-0, they beat the Giants, they beat the Jets, 
Um, they beat the Bengals, right? Mm-hmm. Were we three and zero? Because the home opener was the Bengals. And before every one of those games, you had posted. Uh, a big giant slab of meat uh, <laughs> that you were getting ready to cook. Yeah, we and had a good run that, there. <laughs> yes, and then the Bills lost a game. I think it was game four. Who they lose to game four? Was it? So uh, that, I'm not looking. Yeah, that came into the Patriots, I think. Yeah, the Patriots game. And before that game, you did not post the slab of meat that you were getting ready to cook, and I explicitly blamed that loss on you. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. I do. I, do. I, I take full I take full responsibility for it. It was very clearly my fault, and if I had really been diligent, and it, I wasn't trusting the process was obviously the problem. I needed, to, I needed to have that growth mindset and stay focused on it, and they could have beat the Patriots. And I will uh, give you credit. It was after that that you made sure that you were posting the slab of meat that was being cooked on Saturday night before Bill's games uh, from then on out. Um, I would just tell everybody, Greg, you were one of my favorite follows. Um, You know, for me as a Bill's fan and even with this podcast, you know, coming into doing it and as I was learning how to do it and kind of like I knew what I wanted to be and I like I kind of had what I would call you know, a concept for the show, but I wanted to make sure that I was going to interact with people. And I think for me as a fan, even before I had this podcast, that was like my favorite part about you as a, as a follow and being on Twitter, you just interact well, uh, you want to be a part of us, right? A part of Bill's mafia. So you've got like all this knowledge, you're willing to give it to us and you just have fun and joke. And I just, on behalf of bill's mafia bro i just want to say thank you like i just appreciate you for what it's worth no i appreciate it man and i always treat it as you know i I have the luxury that this isn't how i pay my mortgage you know i'm able to take care of my family separately so this is a passion it's a hobby i take it i take it seriously i put in you can ask my wife i I put in far more time than what's appropriate into (laughs) into a hobby but you know i do it because i haven't lived at home since i was a kid I, i i've been away from western new york since i was 18 years old and this is my way to stay connected this is way my way to still feel like i'm a part of the community this is my way to still be around the people who care about what i care about um and you mentioned the southern tier i, I grew up in the southern tier as well i was over in chautauqua county around oh, wow. jamestown and chautauqua lake area and that's where my family is so this is that's my cool. way of staying connected to what's going on and to feel engaged so that's how i treat it i treat it as though you know i don't have you know stopping around town and being able to go get wings with people and seeing people at the bar or seeing people out at the restaurants or the grocery store. So I use Twitter like my, you know, my way to stay connected. Yeah, you do it. You do it well for everybody out there. If you're not, if you're not following Greg, pause this podcast and go find him uh, and and click on it, click on the link from obviously the mention that I'm going to give just promoing this show and follow Greg. You will not regret it. Um, at all. So uh, getting into the things that we want to talk about and and the things that I want to ask you. So the first thing, the big news obviously is still the Pat Mahomes contract. And what I want to know is literally your first gut reaction to that contract when the news broke. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, I I didn't even know that you could do that under the new CBA structure. It was really weird the way that it was set up in being able to go 10 years out plus two years out so you know he already has the next two years under his current contract with the fourth year of his deal and the fifth year uh option so they added 10 years on top of that so going 12 years out you know i I get into the minutia and the nerdy part of the cba Mm -hmm. and the financial things you're only allowed to spread signing bonuses out five years so i was trying to figure out and waiting for all the details to figure out how did they even structure this and make it 
reasonable or affordable. So it's interesting the way they got into it. But I was shocked that it was that far out and that he's now committed to that team through 2031. It's just insane. Right. No. And for me, it was just looking at it. There's there's a there's a reflection back to uh, the Alex Rodriguez contract that he signed with the Rangers a long time ago, that 10 year, $250 million contract. And I remember specifically where I was when I heard that come across. I think I was listening to Jim Rome uh, at the time when that when that contract was actually announced. And there's an aspect for me that I was always wondering if and when that would ever come to the NFL but like I just remember hearing that contract and being like, uh, "What?" and and there was very similar feelings for me when this one was announced. So the way they structured the Mahomes contract was actually really interesting, and they they did it with only a really small signing bonus at the front end. He only gets ten million dollars now, and it you know that takes him through the next two years. Then it kicks in with the really big ones, and then they do these enormous right. roster bonuses that kick in two years ahead of time to guarantee that roster bonus. So, you know, some of them are like 35 right. and 40 and $55 million roster bonuses that in 2023, it guarantees mm -hmm. the 2025 deal. And in 2026, it guarantees the 2028 deal. So basically they can't get out of this contract. It's, it, they would have to eat like 75 million all at once. So he's, you know, it's not a fully guaranteed deal, but for all intents and purposes with a no trade clause, and a $75 million dead cap hit at any given time, he's going to get all $500 million of this deal. It's pretty crazy. No, and when you're talking about Pat Mahomes, I mean, it's I don't want to say there's no risk or there's little risk, but there's definitely less risk, right? Um, well, modern, modern quarterbacks, they have the rules to protect them, and he's, I, I think, inarguably the most valuable individual asset in all of team sports right now. I would like agree. A, a 23, 24-year-old franchise quarterback who's only ever been a league MVP or a Super Bowl MVP anytime he's played, <laughs> right. it's, it's kind of hard to beat. Right. Uh, and and you you know guys like you know Dak Prescott are licking their chops and Deshaun Watson. And I don't know what it means for guys like Dak because Dak is not Patrick Mahomes. Deshaun Watson is great, but I don't know that you know he's not Patrick Mahomes. And even where that lines up for like – Allen and Mayfield and Darnold and these guys that are coming like behind him like wh wh how does this change the landscape if you will of the NFL so that's actually where I think your analogy of Alex Rodriguez is so apt I, I don't think it matters in dollars for any of them because any of their agents that come in and be like well Patrick Mahomes got this, so we're ready right. for that deal too. The owner's going to laugh him out of the room because <laughs> none of them have got one league MVP and then Super Bowl MVP in back-to-back -back years. Right. But it does put a 10-year deal on the table that was never really even fathomable. Nobody was talking about that. So I, I do think that the only thing I can see there is that teams are going to say, hey, if we're committing huge money to you, we want to lock it up for long term, even if some of these other deals might get really crazy that we're going to commit to you from here on out. And then, you know, if this ends up being a favorable deal for us in the last five years of the deal, because other people are now getting paid 60 million, well, then good for us for committing to you that early. Right. So that's the only thing I can see affecting the, you know, Dak and Watson and even the 2018 quarterbacks. So we've seen we've seen the NFL make mistakes and we've seen GMs make mistakes before. And you touched on it a second ago that it's super cap friendly early. Um, and he's more or less cashing out in the later years of this deal. And then, like you said, 
if they try to get away from Pat Mahomes, like the cap hit itself, it's 70, $75 million. I posted, uh, a, a, or I tweeted rather earlier this week after this happened, you know, just the, 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 the Peyton Manning on Saturday Night Live where he was like chucking the ball to little kids. Like this is, you know, this is Pat Mahomes in five years trying to, you know, hit re- receivers because the, the, the Chiefs can't afford anybody else. Where does this put them as far as what we've always called cap jail, right? I mean, is this going to cripple them? I, I won't say cripple, but it is, you know, I mean, it's the most money any player in football has ever gotten paid. So, I mean, it's there's no description other than limiting. Now, the idea is, you know, the NFL is built that when you have a star quarterback on a rookie contract, you can afford to pay players to supplement his talent and build around him. Right. Then when it's time to pay him, he should be good enough to supplement the talent around him when you mm-hmm. don't have enough money to pay those other players. That's the idea of a franchise quarterback. Right. Now, the challenge is they're also paying Chris Jones a ton of money and Travis Kelsey a ton of money right. and Sammy Watkins a ton of money. <laughs> and so, so Tyreek Hill is about to get yep. a ton of money. And so they have some spots where at some point here, some of these guys are going to have to stop getting paid. So they got two more years of this where Mahomes' deal doesn't really kick in. Come 2022, there's going to be some unhappy guys who are about to have their deals cut or they're not going to be able to um, get the extension they think they're going to get or whatever it might be. And it's going to be interesting to be able to see where that goes. Yeah, it was it – was, I was – just surprised. I mean, for me, when I think of quarterbacks that are deserving of a contract like that, the first name that comes to mind is Tom Brady. And Brady never, like, they never floated anything like this in front of him, right? I mean, it's just, I, I like Pat Mahomes, don't get me wrong. I just, at $500 million, you're talking, I mean, the Bills were bought for $1.4 billion, and they overpaid a little bit, right? Because there was other players involved. So who knows what the teams are actually worth, but that's a significant amount of worth, net worth to the team, just what at what point are you like, you know what, we're just going to give you a percentage of the franchise. That's what corporations do. Hey, we're going to bring you on as a vice, vice president and we're going to give you stock options and we're going to give you like part ownership of the team. I, the whole thing is just crazy to me. But hey, that's where we're yeah, going. At some point, the, the Anthony Hitchens and the Teron Matthews and the Eric Fishers of the world are going to get a rude awakening because their money right. is going to go to Pat Mahomes. Right. So the interesting part about this as it pertains to us is is Josh Allen. And it's considering the Buffalo News, I think it was Jay Skursky already came out and let us know yeah. as, as Bill's Mafia that Josh Allen's never going to sign a contract like this. Um, you know, it's just, it's it's funny to me that like, when we look at the timeline of Josh Allen and what Josh Allen has done, and we've all been critics and we've all been fans and we've all been stands and we've all been like, you know, talking about how much better he needs to be and what we think he's going to be. Um, it's it's hard to just not realize that he has proven a lot. Like he has come a long ways from the kid that was playing in Wyoming. What do you think we should expect as far as like, obviously I believe they're going to take that fifth year option. I think that Josh Allen's going to prove some stuff this year. I think they're going to pick up the fifth year, but where do you think he's going to fit? As far as contract, I don't think he's going to get five hundred million ten years. But where where do you what do you what do you foresee? I guess if you had a crystal ball. So, the reaction where people are like, "Oh my gosh, I hope this doesn't affect Josh Allen." I would tell them, "I pray to God that this affects Josh Allen." Mm. If if somehow the performance for Josh Allen is so amazing in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one 
that somehow Patrick Mahomes' contract matters in that negotiation, things have gone really Real freaking good. well. Real good. So, you know, <laughs> I, w- I would tell everybody that's worried about this, if we get to the point where this contract somehow matters, things went awesome. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, we're about yeah. to have some we're about to have a lot of fun. Yeah. So, the I think the length is the only thing that could come up is maybe instead of a, you know, short-term deal, prove it kind of thing, maybe it, it opens up the the avenue for a longer term agreement um he's going to get paid a ton of money so are a ton of other quarterbacks sure all the guys in that class just that's going to be the going rate it's just what it costs to if you have a quarterback who's worth a darn and he's good enough to start he's going to get a lot of money so yeah you know i think josh allen's probably closer to the 32 34 million dollar range some other guys are going to get 36 38 right you know People who are trying to tell themselves that Allen is going to do the Tom Brady and take the hometown discount, I always assume no one is no. taking a hometown discount. You know, these guys want to get paid their worth. They think the contract matters. Um, Josh Allen's going to get paid a lot of money. Now, I think he's already performed enough to pick up the fifth year option because I want to see that and see where his development goes. The good news is, I think we're all going to know a lot 16 games from now in this 2020 season we're going to be able to tell, is he the guy? They've surrounded him with everything. We brought all the guys back. They gave him uh, Stephon Diggs. We have a second running back. We have a great defense. Mm-hmm. The same coach, same offensive coordinator, same quarterback coach, same offensive line. Yep, All yep. the continuity is there. There are no variables outside of Josh Allen. Whatever we perform this year, it's him. So we're going to know by the end of the season either he is or is not the guy, and then we're going to feel good about it. Now, the guy – you know, maybe he's Andy Dalton, Matt Ryan, Carson Palmer. Maybe he's not Aaron Rodgers, you know, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady. But if he's just a good starting – if he's Matthew Stafford right. and he's a good starting caliber quarterback that we don't have to worry about that position and it's up to us to keep a good team around him, then great. Then yeah. Let's pay him like a good starting quarterback and move on. Yeah, I think the unique thing in the in the Pat Mahomes situation is his age. So you're t- we're talking about, you know – Josh Allen and picking up his fifth year option and then obviously there's a contract coming sometime between that fifth year and then at the end of it hopefully it doesn't get to the end of it because then, then there's all the fear of yeah. you know are the bills going to pay Dak him right now Kirk Cousins yeah and and you know did the Pagulas you know are they going to go the route of, the route of Ralph Wilson but I think the unique thing about Pat the Pat Mahomes deal is how early it is they're not going to give Josh Allen a 10-year contract after his fifth season in the NFL. I mean, as football years go, it's like it's the Cam Newton situation. Yeah, Cam Newton was MVP five years ago, but that was five years ago. Like five years in the NFL is a long time. And it's, it'll, it'll just be interesting to kind of see how these other deals shake out. And and Pat is unique, clearly super unique. Um, you, you hope and pray for the sake of the Chiefs or maybe not that the level of play that he has attained is going to be sustainable. Um, obviously, with the amount of money they're putting into him, they already have trouble on the defense. At, they're obviously not going to be pouring more money into the, into the defense because they're not going to have it. Um, but it'll be interesting just kind of to kind of see how that whole thing shakes out. I'm excited. I'm on the record as saying by week eight. I think by week eight, we're going to have seen glimpses of Josh Allen's ceiling. Um, I think to your point, like by, by week 16, we'll, we'll know if that's a sustainable ceiling for him. Does that make sense? I like it. Yeah, I I think we're going to know quickly. I think we're going to see, did he take these steps forward that we need with Jordan Palmer, with the offseason drills, with, you know, he worked a lot on leveling his shoulders and keeping balanced. He worked a lot on those different things. We're going to know pretty quickly if those things paid off. So 
so off so sidebar and this is something i've been thinking a lot about and i tweeted about it a couple weeks ago and i don't remember why or if i was replying to somebody or if i if i quoted it or what but there's not a lot of people talking about it so with the cancellation of the two games in preseason with the cancellation of the potential cancellation i should say of the 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 full four game preseason we i I think that's what's going to happen yes and we know from history that the defense always starts out stronger whether it's in training camp or even early in the season the defenses always start out ahead of offenses now you that whole situation to me gets exacerbated by no preseason at all we've also got a lot of record the bills are in this record or in this history of coming out and being a pretender early right because they come out and they've got some gimmick scheme that they're doing that defenses tend to catch up with where do you think this how do you have you given thought with all the stuff that you've studied, with all the stuff that you've learned, with all the stuff that you know, you know, me leaning into you as an expert, have you given thought to where offenses are going to be week one, two, three, four versus defenses in the NFL week one, three, one, two, three, four with no preseason? A hundred percent. I think there is going to be a noticeable difference. I thought, I thought we saw it this past year where people were talking about how September was still the preseason because of right. the lack of contact and hitting in right. the, in the offseason where you the players were still getting acclimated to new systems. That's going to be even further exacerbated in, in the new setup, and you're going to be in a position where, and Matthew Fairburn has spoken about this mm-hmm. multiple times, um, that, you know, the idea of continuity can be a crutch in a lot of seasons and that he talked about it in that sometimes it's an excuse for inaction because you didn't want to fire a coach you didn't want to pay right for a new you know whatever right this is the rare year where inarguably it is an advantage there is a huge advantage to having the same offensive coordinator the same quarterback coach the same head coach the same quarterback Mm -hmm. the same offensive line 10 of 11 offensive starters, Mm -hmm. there is no scenario where that's not a benefit this year, where they're all working out together all the time. They are all coming back from last year. They know all the calls. They know all the plays. That is a huge advantage. So now, is that huge advantage in the sense of, you know, some, you know, slingshot into the season? I don't know. But I don't mind the fact that we open up the season against the Jets and the Dolphins, who had a ton of turnover and a (laughs) bunch of different players. Right. And that, you know, I feel pretty decent about how the Bills are going to open up their schedule and that if that's a reason that we open up and it's a little bit softer in some of those games where we're able to get a head start. And, you know, last year we started 3-0, and that certainly helped down the stretch, and we didn't even have to play Week 17. So if you're telling me that that's going to hurt some teams, we open Jets, Dolphins, Rams, Raiders. You know, if there's enough things in those games that that's going to help us get off to a hot start and we start 3-1 and out of those four games, you know, sign me up. Sign me up too for sure. We're talking with uh, Greg Thompson from uh, host of the Cover One podcast from CoverOne.net, um, which is really awesome. So excited to have you here. Supernatural transition for me um, as far as coming off of just talks of contracts, and I think that there's a lot of opportunity to talk about. And Bills Mafia and I think content providers have kind of been in that space talking about what's next. You know, when we think about guys that whose contracts are coming up. I'm of the opinion that the Bills should have signed Tredavious White already. Like every single day that passes, Trey is worth more money, in my opinion. But when you look at what's coming up, I would love to know just kind of from you shaping, because clearly we're looking at Trey. Clearly we're, we're looking, expecting Josh to take that next progression, that next step, and knowing what his contract, you said $36, $38 million a year. 
where do guys fit in prior from a priority standpoint? And I think the way that I want to word it is, you know, there's guys, there's guys you draft and keep. There's guys you draft uh, to replace guys. And then there's guys you go out in free agency to find like Lorenzo Alexander, blue chippers that can just carry a super solid role on your team that aren't necessarily Jordan Phillips that aren't necessarily going to make $20 million a year. 2021 Milano Dawkins Feliciano. Um, and obviously Milano, Milano is the big name there. But talk to me about rating some of these guys' positions from what you've seen, from what you've studied, like where the most important spots are, the hardest places, if you will, to maybe replace, if that makes sense. No, I, I think that's a great way to look at it. And so Brandon Bean has built an all-star team of a front office. So between Joe Shane, Dan Morgan, Malik Boyd, Lake Dawson, he just has an incredible staff mm -hmm. that's able to identify talent, bring guys in, sign them to the right kind of contracts. And they, he does a lot of what I call layering, where it's not an accident that A.J. Klein's contract is going to come up the same year that Tremaine Edmonds' <laughs> extension is coming. Right. Um, it's not an accident that, you know, different guys are going to come off that Ty Insecki's deal is going to expire at the same time Dan Dawkins' deal is coming out. That, right. You know, he has those things in there intentionally to be able to build that, that, you know, by the time A.J. Epines is ready to get paid, Jerry Hughes and Trent Murphy and those guys won't be on the team any longer. Right. Um, you know, they're built very intentionally. Ed Oliver's contract is going to be ready for an extension. Is Star, uh, Star Latule and Harrison Phillips the same way is going to be getting paid when Star's contract and Vernon Butler's contract comes off. So those are done very intentionally. Now, the hard part is we have some tough calls coming up where the talent and the position premium are not necessarily aligned. Mm. So this year is a great example. Matt Milano is a better player than Deion Dawkins, in my opinion. Not Agreed. by a ton, but I think he's, you know, I think most people would say he's a better linebacker than Dawkins is a left tackle. Agreed right now, yes. Le left tackle is inarguably a more important position than off-ball linebacker, especially mm -hmm. your second linebacker of the two. Mm -hmm. So now you get into, okay, so if the going rate, the same talk we had earlier about quarterbacks, if you're a starting caliber left tackle, even if you're in for Dawkins, even if you're the 12th best left tackle in the league, which I think is fair. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. Um, I had Brandon Thorne on my show, who's a great offensive line expert, and he felt the same way that I think Dawkins is an above average left tackle, but not great. Well, starting left tackles, DJ Humphrey just got $15 million a year. Mm. DJ Humphrey ain't that good either. Mm. <laughs> He's pretty good. <laughs> but he got $15 million a year. If we're going to keep Deion Dawkins, it's going to be five years and $75 million. Big numbers. Matt Milano's really, really good. Do we give him... Yeah, I hope it's not the Shaq Thompson deal, but maybe it is. Do we have to give him three years and $39 million to bring him back or... Is off-ball linebacker a position that you can go out and replace? Now, mm -hmm. I think in this defense, how often we play um, only two linebackers and how often it's nickel and the fact that Milano and um, Edmonds are on the field 100% of snaps, mm -hmm. I think they value him. And honestly, pre-COVID, when we didn't have to try to figure out salary cap smoothing and the cap going down 40 or $70 right. million dollars next year, whatever the heck might happen. Right. Prior to that, 
I thought it was a slam dunk that both of the deals would, would be announced right around now, the same time we're talking about the Mahomes deal. So I actually don't think that's off the table. I think it's possible you could still see both. I think it's less likely now that just the math is going to be harder. It, we Before, when the cap was going to go up 10 more million, it was pretty easy. We had other contracts coming off the books. You could re-sign both guys, and we were going to be hunky-dory. They're really the only big contracts coming up next year because, and I'll use the example here, the John Felicianos of the world are replaceable, and he right. deserves a raise, and right. he deserves to go somewhere else and to get paid, and God bless him, and then we're going to sign the next Quentin Spain or right. John Feliciano or the next guy who can fit in amongst all the four other good offensive linemen, or Cody Ford kicks into guard, and we go draft a right tackle or whatever the heck it might be. We have a good front office that will do that. So they do a lot of that layering. They figure it out, but some of those tough decisions are coming up, and you talked about, not the toughest one, but the biggest one. Um, if it was up to the Bills, Trey White would have already been signed. Mm. So the reason Trey White is not signed yet is because Trey White doesn't want to sign yet. Mm. And if I were him, I would do the same thing because I would want Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Lattimore and Jalen Ramsey to set the market. Mm. And then I would tell the Bills, hey, I want 250000 more than that guy. Right. Because <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Because he can. Is Marlon Humphreys going to get $18 million? And then Marcus Lattimore is going to get eighteen point two five, and then Jalen Ramsey is going to get nineteen, and then Trey White's going to say, "Yep, I want nineteen point five. Right. And all four of them are going to play chicken and try to wait for the other one to put, you know, be the rabbit and set that number out there. I don't. I said this on my show before. I don't care. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't want to get a good deal on Trey White. I don't mind the idea of making him the highest paid corner in NFL history. I hope that we do. I, do I want too. players to see that if you get drafted by Buffalo and you ball out mm-hmm. and you play your butt off and you buy in and you're in the commercial and you have your family on the Christmas video that the mm-hmm. team sends out, that you can be the highest paid player at your position in Buffalo. Agreed. I want that to be the message that goes out there. And honestly... You know, people are like, oh man, we could have signed him for sixteen point five million, and now we're gonna have to pay eighteen point five million, dude. We we couldn't even sign Tyler Madikevich for two million dollars. <laughs> Tyler Madikevich costs us three point five million dollars. Right. Two two million dollars means nothing. Right. It's right. Just, dude, I don't. I want Trey White to get paid. I want him to get all the Pagula bucks, and I don't really care. Just get him signed whenever it happens. And I honestly think it is gonna happen. I just think it's in his best interest to wait to get the biggest number and then I think it's inevitable McBean you know McDermott and Bean love him. Yep. He's going to be a Buffalo Bill long term and he's going to get a ton of money and maybe it's crazy and it's 20 million dollars. God bless him. I hope he gets every penny. Me too. So curveball. Um so t- 2021 Milano Dawkins Feliciano. Clearly guard to me and you mentioned mentioned it Feliciano deserves to get paid. He's a solid player. Guard is one of those positions that it's easy to find a guy to fill a gap as long as his name is not Vlad Dukas. Like, like you can find a guy, right? You can find a blue chip free agent to fit in that spot. So Feliciano, as much as I like him, I love his grit. I think he brings back that uh, that Richie Incognito kind of like grind to that offensive line. This is the curveball when we talk about players and schemes. And let me let me finish the whole question before you respond. So how much is Matt Milano maybe benefiting from the scheme? Now, clearly, this defense we have seen when he hurt his ankle is different when Matt Milano's not 
in, in the lineup. The defense is different. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the scheme isn't fitting Matt Milano as well, like we saw Josh Norman fitting kind of uh, uh, McDermott's scheme in in uh, Carolina. At the same time, I heard on the Napnose Bills podcast, I was listening to it today, and he was talking about Dawkins. And Dawkins' rookie year, if you think about it, as much as he's a good tackle, and we would say at this point that he's not great, his rookie year he played against, played next to Richie and, and Eric Wood. And, like, he looked good. And there's an aspect of, like, well, he was playing next to Richie and Eric, and Eric Wood. The next year, he played against Trash, or played next to Trash. I mean, we could just pretty much call it what it was. The four guys that he lined up next to didn't come back. Like, and he looked not great. Last year, he didn't look too bad. So I guess that's my question. How much, I don't want to say smoke and mirrors, but how much is there to maybe Matt Milano not being as good as we see him because of the scheme? And how much is there to Dawkins might really shine this year because of like that continuity, that consistency, uh, all the stuff that we're talking about, you know, as it pertains to what we expect from this offense this year. Does that make sense? Like where I'm going, like, can you, is that those, is that a good question to ask? Yeah, no, no. I I think it's actually really sharp. Um, I think that's going to be the key. And the, the challenge is that it won't even look like what we did when we lost Milano to injury because we wouldn't just let Milano leave and have no one come in. Right Now, it might be Milano leaves and we sign a $6 million player instead of a $13 million player, but it's not going to be Corey Thompson. Right. It's not going to be, you know, it, who the heck was it last year? Humber. Um, R- R- uh, yeah, Ram- Ramon Humber. Yeah, in years past, was Ramon Humber. Get that guy off the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so it won't be someone like that stepping in, but – it, it still will be a challenge. And then, like you said, it, the hard part is, what is that number for John Feliciano? Right. Is it because Quentin Spain thought he was going to get a big number two when he left mm. Tennessee, and then that's how we got him was that, hey, he didn't get what he thought, and then all of a sudden all the starting guard spots were taken, and the Bills were like, hey, we'll give you $2 bucks if you want to come compete. Right. And he came in, and he won it, and now, God bless him, he got himself a three-year, mm-hmm. $15 million deal, and yeah. he got paid. Good for him. Um, You know, so – and that's going to be the key as well, is that they're going to have a number saying, hey, when we've paid for other offensive linemen, our available number for the other right guard is X. Mm-hmm. And they're going to offer that to Feliciano and say, hey, you know, we're happy to have you back, but if you think you can get more, go ahead. Right. This is what we budgeted. Right. Um, so that's going to be the challenge. Is that's what I think that there's a little more investment in Milano. They drafted him. They watched him develop. He is a great you know, kind of quiet, humble, mm-hmm. you know, hardworking guy. I think they like that idea of him getting paid as well. Um, you know, it's just tough in that what is the number? There's a difference. You know, is it he's pushing for 13 or 14 million or is he cool with 10, 11, 12 million? You know, I, I don't know where that number comes in. I was hoping it was more like three years, 33 million, not three years, 39 million. Mm. But the same mm. as I said for Trey, you know, does that really matter? Is that a reason to lose Matt Milano because you're annoyed? And I have this conversation with fans constantly when they get into it with, you know, Star and mm. Trent Murphy and people like that, that, you know, don't let the contract confuse you that the guy's a bum right like you you can be frustrated that he's not quite as valuable as what his contract is but 
they're both still NFO. I, I always joke all the time. They'd be unemployed for like a day. <laughs> They'd get signed immediately right. by another team, and then you'd be annoyed because it would probably be the Patriots. Right. <laughs> and then everybody would be furious that we let Star Latule and Trent Murphy go to the Patriots. And they won a Super Bowl. Um, so, they went to yeah, the Patriots, yeah. and they won a Super Bowl. <laughs> Alan Branch. So it's the same thing. You know, do we really care? I, you know, I joke that we don't really care. We want Matt Milano to sign for $9 million, and, oh, it's $13 million. Good for him. Until he has a rough three-game stretch, and now people are calling him a bum because he's overpaid. So, well, yeah. you know, some people will never be happy. Of course. Uh, but I hope that we see Matt Milano back, and that I do think he knows the scheme benefits him. I do think he knows he's a good fit here, and that he might not be as successful in every other system. But I also think that he deserves to get paid, and I think they find a number that makes both sides happy. Yeah, so 2021, Milano, Dawkins, Feliciano. 2022, Trey, we've talked about. Uh, Micah Hyde, uh, John Brown, Jerry Hughes, Harrison Phillips. To me, Hyde, Brown, and Hughes are probably gone, right? And Harrison Phillips just was starting to blossom in that Bengals game when he got hurt, when he went down with that with that, uh, with that that tear in his knee. Do you agree with that? There's no way Hughes is coming back in 2022, right? I mean, he's going to be, what, 50? I mean, he's going to be as old as me at that point. <laughs> um, I think he'll be, so he's 31, 32, 33. 33. So he'd be going into his 33 or 34 season. Which Hyde will be 31. Yeah, it's not impossible at defensive end. We do see the the Jared Allens and the Cameron Wakes and the you know Michael Strahan. There's plenty of guys who pass rush into their 30s. It's actually one of the better aging positions outside the quarterback that right. people don't really think about. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it might be in a rotational role. It certainly isn't at the the 10 million dollar range he's been getting. Right. But you know, maybe there's a rotational role for him here, but. Hyde is the tough one for me. I do think we end up bringing Brown back, but again, that depends on the development of Gabe Davis, and it depends on Isaiah Hodgins. And is that same role available for him? And does he maintain the speed and explosiveness he does when he's going to be? He's also going to be thirty-two, right? Um, so that group, um, Trey is an obvious one. I think he gets paid a ton. Yep. Harrison Phillips. It all depends on his how much he develops. I think they'd love to have him back. It depends on how much he plays. Is that a rotational guy, or is does he is his contract year like? Jordan Phillips contract year and has a flash season and somebody throws three years and $30 million at him. That's, that's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Um, Hyde Brown and Hughes are all going to be like 31, 32, 33. Yep. It's yep. a weird spot. So, you know, I think that they've shown with Kyle Williams, with Lorenzo Alexander, with plenty of other guys, they're good with one year band-aids and even paying a guy, you know, a little bit past when he was still super valuable for the right people. I think all three of those guys are the right people. So mm -hmm. I think that's the, at that time, we're going to get into one year bandaid time. Yeah. And it's just going to be kicking it along one year at a time and just see when the wheels fall off. And there's something about guys that love Buffalo and Harrison Phillips is one of those guys that just loves yeah. this town looking way ahead. And we don't have to, we don't have to die, like dive into it, but 2023, just for everybody that's listening knows, you know, Mitch Morse, uh, obviously Josh, uh, who I'm pretty sure they're going to pick up a fifth year, the the option on him, Edmonds, but they can only do one fifth year. Is that true? They can only do one fifth year no, in the first it, round pick? it's not like the franchise or the transition tag. Gotcha. Every first round pick, it's in their contract gotcha. that, there's a, that there's already a fifth year option. So like the Raiders just had three first round picks. Oh, gotcha. Um, 
it's a part of their individual contract, not a team exercise thing. So we do have the ability to retain both Allen and Edmonds on a fifth year. I would say Edmonds is a stone cold lock. Agreed. And Allen is very likely. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Allen Edmonds Ford, and, and this is going to be a big year for Cody Ford. We obviously all think yep. that he's going to progress. And if not, they'll slide him to guard would be my guess. Singletary Knox are going to invest in them. Morris. We've no, we know from history when we drafted Eric Wood late in the first that you can find a center that can stay with you for 10 years late in the first round. So Morris is probably, in my opinion, maybe that guy that goes and then they, you know, they, they replace him with a first-round pick or a second-round pick, um, which is really kind of cool. Um, real quick, because I know you got to go, uh, everybody just just reminding everybody again, Greg Thompson from the Cover One podcast uh, and CoverOne.net. Uh, I'm going to rocket-fire some stuff at you real quick. So Bill's predictions for this year, overall record for 2020. Uh, I've been kicking it around. I think I'm at 11 and five. There's mm. a chance I get to 12 and four by the time the season gets here, but I think that's the ballpark. Nice. How about in the division? I think they win the division. I, I think that the Cam Newton news makes it more exciting. I don't think it leapfrogs <laughs> them over. I don't think it brings the Patriots back over. They still have some serious questions. They lost a lot of talent on that front seven from that record Chedney defense last year. I agree. I think they're going to be better, but I think that the Bills still win the division. So playoff by? So we can play off by? Are we playing first week and uh, we win a game? Well, the new rules hurt us a little bit because mm-hmm. now there's only one by in each conference and you have the seventh spot. So the right. seventh spot makes me feel really good that the Bills are in the playoff hunt. But to tell me that we have the best record above Kansas City and Baltimore, that's a tough ask. I would peg us as the three seed just behind. I think that I think the Chiefs might go fifteen and one or fourteen and two. Mm. They have they have all those crazy the Frank Clark and Teron Matthew and all those other contracts, but they still have them this year. So yeah. they didn't lose anybody right now. They're still paying Sammy Watkins seventeen million dollars just because they can. So they um go ahead. So they haven't lost anyone on their current setup and because none of that money hurts them until right. you know future future years. So I think they're going to have a fantastic season. Then yeah. I think the Ravens are going to be very good again. I think it's okay to question Lamar Jackson's playoff performance, but his regular season's pretty dang you know, exceptional. Sure. Then I think you're right there. I think the Bills are with the Steelers. Um, mm. I think the Bills are right there with the Tennessees of the world and that next tier – of that third to fifth best team in the AFC. And I think they can go toe to toe with both Kansas City and Baltimore and give them a run for their money. But it, it, I'd be hard pressed to say they get the buy. I'd, I'd be impressed if you know this answer. The, the Chiefs are playing the AFC East, so they're playing us, the Dolphins, obviously, the Patriots, and the Jets. Who are they playing in the NFC? Do you know, division wise? Um, I'm trying to think if I. They're not playing the West. We're playing the West. Any other so, exciting so, games? Yeah, um, they're not playing the West because we are. talked about. I, there's not a Super Bowl rematch, so it's not the West. I want to say it's like the South because I want to say there's a Mahomes um, Brady game that I remember. Gotcha. You're probably right. 15, 15 and one is potentially the number. You're probably right. So yeah. So yeah, it is the NFC South. So they're going to put on a heck of a show. Now whether that's thirteen and three, fourteen to two, fifteen and one, I don't know. Right. But they're going to put on a heck of a show. Um, that one's going to be tough to beat. They'd be my guess for the first round by right now. Last question. Last question. Josh Allen predictions for twenty twenty stats. So I think he takes. I actually think the Bills are a little bit more pass heavy than what fans think. Last Ooh, year we were hot about take, 50, hot, hot take. 53 and a half <laughs> to 47, 46 and a half. Yeah. Um, I think that that, I don't think it goes all the way to 60, 40, but I don't think 58, 42 is a stretch. I think that we pass the ball 
more than what fans are used to. And now that's going to go from, you know, 27th in the league to 15th in the league. But I think that we're an average passing frequency team. And then I think we're going to be a little bit more high efficiency with the more better deep shots of Stephon Diggs and what he opens up in this offense. I'm going to guess that Allen goes you know, 3,700 yards. I don't know that he gets to 4,000, but I'm going to say 3,700 yards. I think he goes from 20 touchdowns up to, I'm going to say 31 touchdowns. I think he takes a big step forward there. I think the rushing comes back a little bit. Mm. I think that he is still a threat. I think he still picks up a lot of third and fives, but I'd like to see him go from the seven or eight carries a game down to three or four carries a game with some scrambles where he brings the safety up because he thinks he's going to run and then he throws the ball. Gotcha. Um, So that he uses his legs as a threat. He's mobile, but that he gets rid of the ball and doesn't take those hits. So maybe going from the five, 600 yards rushing down to three or 400 yards rushing and from the eight to 10 rushing touchdowns down to four or five rushing touchdowns. Gotcha. which will take him to, say, 35 total touchdowns instead of 29. Very cool. So I think some convert to passing. I think he's a better passer. I think he's still a threat on the ground, but not as much frequency, and he starts to protect his body. Gotcha. Well, just so you know, Pierre Kingpin, founder of the Buffalo Fanatics, is on record saying that Josh is going to be in the MVP conversation this year. So that's what we have to look forward to, which is awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, my ho- or my guest today, Greg Thompson, you can find him on Twitter at Greg Thompson. Um, and I would request, recommend, I would almost demand that you follow him. He's a great follow. He will interact with you. Um, he's just, he's one of the best follows in Bill's Mafia, and he's a content provider. Greg, thank you so much for being on the show, bro. Appreciate it, brother. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, appreciate it. Talk to you soon. So that was a ton of fun, and I hope you, Bill's Mafia, enjoyed that. That was Greg Thompson once again from the Cover One podcast, CoverOne.net. He is the host of that show, and he is just absolutely just a great follow. I've said it about 17 times, and I'm just super thankful to have have had him on the show. Uh, But right now, right now, I got another guest. I got another one. I got two guests today. I got another guest. And uh, I, I don't want this to get too long. And I've been talking really, really fast because we've had a lot of content to get through. So right now, I have the privilege of bringing in my good friend. Uh, and this is the second guest that I've had. I think that's a record that, like, I don't, I don't know too many people that have multiple guests on a podcast. But I, if, if there's a record to be broken, if, it's, if the record is one, which everybody has, and it's now two... I need to call Guinness because I'm having my second guest on my show and he's already giggling at me. Uh, but I want to welcome now into the overreaction podcast brought to you by the market dominator, my man, Jay Spence. What's up, Jay Spence. What's up, man. It's actually funny because you're just beating me by a couple days because this week <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a couple people on as well. So, but no, it's funny, man. Thanks for having me on again. That's awesome. So, 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 and give us, give us a little, this isn't, this isn't the big announcement, but tell us who do you have coming on your show? Are we allowed to know or is it a secret? Well, no, actually this week I have uh, Kobe Lissenby, uh, the wide receiver that the Buffalo Bills drafted a couple years back when when Rex Ryan was our coach. How does he he get him? Well, he's just an awesome dude. Like he actually, you know, he just responds to people. He just, you know, you can tweet him. He's cool. Um, cool. (laughs) And then um, Anthony from, Poncho's Army. I'm not sure if everybody is familiar oh, with yeah. him. Anthony or Be Cool Fool is his uh, yeah, Be Cool Fool, yeah. Handle, but but yeah, he's on. We're gonna talk a little bit about Poncho's Army and uh, just some things that he has going on right now to uh, you know to to keep the memory of Poncho alive. 
Gotcha. Well, I'll be the record holder for a week. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I'm sure that somebody has had more than one guest on. Well, you got those podcasts like the Joe Rogan show that are like three hours long. So he's probably had 15 people on. But for a 45 minute or an hour long show, hey, I think two guests is doing pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah. So we have spent we have spent the last couple days uh, successfully, hopefully pumping up people and getting them kind of like excited or built up from a promotional standpoint for an announcement that you and I are about to make. Um, so hopefully, you know, thousands upon thousands of people are going to listen to this podcast. You can laugh now. It's not thousands upon thousands, but hopefully, who knows, someday we'll get there. Uh, but we have an, an announcement to make. The powers that be uh, at Buffalo Fanatics uh, came to us, I guess. Is that what you would say? Would you say they approached us? They did. They did approach us, and they asked us because you and I vibe well together and we get along, and we agree, um, which is why we're going to be doing the the pregame thing on Sunday. So we're going to do a, we're going to drop a, a Sunday podcast on game days, that just kind of previewing the game, just a short one, just a little kind of to to wet your taste buds. But that's not what this announcement is. So I don't want to let any anybody like I don't want you to get the wrong idea. Uh, but they came to us and they asked us to do something kind of special. And I'm going to let you let the cat out of the bag. What are we going to be doing, Jay Spence? Well, so we've decided to finally, I guess, do something together on a more regular basis. We're going to do something live. We're going to mm -hmm. live stream every week on Wednesdays. We're going to be coming to you with the Hump Day Hotline. The Hump Day Hotline. <laughs> we got to drop a bomb on that. I don't know if we can mix that in there. But <laughs> Mike, 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 Hump Day. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be fun. So like, you know, obviously it's the middle of the week. So it's it's right before that Thursday night football, you know, matchup. And, you know, so everybody's calm from overreaction. Um, yep. And then, you know, Wednesday morning, over the, the Code of Conduct podcast, we'll kind of talk about set you know whatever happened sunday but then wednesday night we'll talk about it from a different perspective the two of us from your overreaction uh yep. sense and from me trying to analyze whatever i think i'm doing and uh it'll be fun and, and then you guys can go back and forth with with us you know live and that's the cool thing. So this is going to be on YouTube. So we are actually going to be doing a, a live spot on YouTube every Wednesday. And we'll probably mix and mingle some people in there because as doing something like this super consistently, and it, it's it's interesting because you got to give the Bills guys like Dave uh, and Steve a lot of credit because they don't miss. Uh, my guess is it's there'll be times when I'll have to miss and you'll have a guest on or there'll be times that you'll have to miss and I'll have a guest on. But it's going to be every single Wednesday on YouTube live on twitter youtube facebook like it's going to be across all platforms for the fanatics and we're going to be taking your not calls but your tweets and responses and comments and questions and you guys are going to kind of get to run the show is that right yeah who knows we, and we might you know figure out the technology behind it and i'm sure we can figure out we might be able to take some calls at some point too you you're gonna give him your phone number no we can we can do like a google you know like they give out the free numbers we can just do something like that the dudes you i like the way you think i i just i'm not yeah because i've thought about that before because i've thought about it with this podcast with this podcast i've been like man how can i get some real fan, fan interaction it's like maybe i'll put my phone uh, that that thought lasted about a, a yeah, millisecond no, no, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that ain't happening so that's the news that's the big exciting thing and when are we starting so t today is monday my, my my show is is on monday and when are we starting well my show is wednesday we're gonna start wednesday evening 
We are going to start this Wednesday, which is July 15th. You will catch us on YouTube. We haven't figured out a time yet. So we can actually decide. Are we going to do it at 8? Well, you're on the West Coast. I am. So so Um, work schedule for you is different. You know, I would just probably say give me like that half hour to to freshen up. (laughs) (laughs) Mouthwash, please. Uh, Do we do like 9, like 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 6 p.m. your time? I don't know. Maybe we do a quick poll to see uh, what time slot people would would be available. I would think 8.30. Personally, I would think 8.30 would be a sweet spot. 9 might be kind of pushing it for parents, putting kids to bed. I don't know. I don't have kids. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I got dose. I got two. Yeah. And it, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll throw something out there. So I guess we don't have the full, complete uh, details yet, but we'll get them before Wednesday. But this, the, the announcement is this. Jay Spence and myself. Jay Spence hosted the Code of Conduct podcast. Yours truly, Joe Miller, the voice of the Overreaction podcast, coming together for you to do uh, a fan interaction show live on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, that you will be able to be a part of uh, called the Hump Day Hotline. <laughs> and I'm still that name, dude. You threw that out there, and I was like, "Was it me or was it you that threw that out there?" I, th- do, do you- I think I threw it out there. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I'm not." I kind of like it, but we got logos and we got ideas and all that kind of stuff. So that is the news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this this Wednesday, starting this Wednesday. So please jump on. Please interact with us. Please be a part of our show. Uh, we're greatly looking forward to it. And I know a lot of people enjoy us together and I enjoy us together and I know you enjoy us together. So yeah, so I'm just really looking forward to that. But with that, this has been the overreaction podcast. I am your host, the voice Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller wired. You can find my, my guest who's on still with me right now. Jay Spence. You can find Jay Spence where at Jay Spence, the King. And what is your code of conduct podcast handle at the conduct pod? And you should listen to it. He's got a two spot on Wednesdays, two, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night. Look at this guy. He's double like dipping there, double dipping on Wednesdays. <laughs> uh, but uh, this has been the Overreaction Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator. Uh, if you're looking to buy a home or sell a home, please give my buddy John Spazcheck a call. With that, we love you guys. Go Bills. Do you love to chat about the Buffalo Bills? Are you tired of the politics flooding your timelines? Come chat with thousands of Bills fans from all over the globe by going to chatwithbf.com. This chat app is like the Bills message boards of old. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram all rolled into one. Nothing but Bills football talk with fellow Buffalo fanatics like yourself. There are monthly giveaways, premium chats, news alerts, live game day chats, and so much more. You are absolutely going to love it. Go to chatwithbf.com and join thousands of fellow Bills fans. Go to chatwithbf.com today.